Welcome to the Blue Bagger Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking about a beloved Carlton women's team. My name is Lizzie Hone and I am joined by my father Ian Hone. Hi and welcome to our inaugural podcast. And I am also joined by, joined by my partner Nathan Dean. Hi, welcome to the podcast. And this is our first time in case you can't tell. Well, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to AFL Women's. 20 AFL Women's Best and Fairest. Madison Presparkers and the Carlton Inside 50, Harris! That releases Dalton. She delivers towards Vessio. It'll clear them. Bouncing football at the back is a Vessio! Walker at the front. Harris, Egan, flying shot. Will it bend back? It will! The Blues are in front! Grisali can get it and go. Grisali's had three bounces. Can just keep on going. Runs to 50. Has to release the kick. Over the head of Walker. Walker can go off the ground and go! Oh, what a goal. Um, call it, Darcy. Call that one, Darcy. I don't know who kicked that, but it was fantastic. Great snap. G collects, snaps, and goals. Vesio, a passage that she'll walk straight through. Carlton, Carlton is into the grand final. Last Thursday, we took on the old enemy Collingwood at Eiffel Park for the season opener. It was a disappointing game. Despite being favourites, we were absolutely destroyed and did not score until the third quarter and ultimately lost the game 5-3-33 to 4-3-27. Although that doesn't sound too bad, we were absolutely beaten for the first half of the game. And we can't expect to win games playing footy like that. It hurts to lose to the enemy, but this time more than most, given we were the favourites after such a promising season, season last year. So let's jump into the discussion about this disappointing loss. Let's start our discussion about last week's game by talking about the backline. Take it away, Nathan. The backline last Thursday was pretty poor, and I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, definitely they were not at their best. The few strong players there were Wilson, Lolowifi, and Nat Plain. They're both, they're, all three of them are just elite back- backmen, in my opinion. Charlotte Wilson with five. five Marks for them intercepts. Lalawifi with four intercept, four defensive tackles. Nat playing in the back half, using the ball really well. I mean, at half time, our most disposals were Lalawifi, Hill, and Plain. Yeah. With eight to Lalawifi, eight to Hill, and seven to Plain. I think that very much tells the story of what the game was like. Yeah. We were on the back foot. Our defensive players were getting the most disposals because that's where the ball was. Yeah, the Magpies had just ambushed us. Yeah, particularly in that first quarter. Like the influence of Moy and Davey in, the, in their fourth half is... Yeah, I mean, I think we were always worried about our back line not being the best. Yeah. Um. You know, last year we had a very good back line. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that when we saw the uh, line-up, we were all concerned that uh, we were a bit undermanned due to some injury and uh, and um, the move of, uh, of Hosking up forward and things like that, and that our back line wasn't looking too strong. And unfortunately, in that uh, seven or eight minutes in the second period, the second period where Collingwood got a handle on us, although it started uh, in the midfield, uh, it really hurt us um, on the scoreboard because uh, our defenders, although they were under the pump, really didn't uh, stand up strong enough and couldn't handle either um, of the uh, of the um, big key forwards um, in um, 
uh, Davy and um, sorry, what's her name? Malloy. Malloy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, that period really, you know, cost us the game. I think, and and although as it, as I say, it started in the midfield, uh, it hurts on the scoreboard because our, our backs weren't uh, weren't able to handle them. Ultimately, our backline has to take responsibility for that. You know, like the goals are kicked on their watch. Yeah. They're responsible. Yes, the mids probably should have been pushing up a little bit more to get in there and support the back line. Yeah, they, I think they were at some point, but not but all the time. That's not their role. Yeah, that's not their role. The midfield is the... No, and the, the criticism of the midfielders, I thought, was that they were not winning the ball and they weren't um, pressuring the Collingwood midfield when they won the ball. So Collingwood were getting the ball in a lot and pretty, you know, pretty much under limited pressure makes it very difficult for defenders but still I think the defenders didn't uh, stand up um, as well as uh, one would have hoped and when we saw the lineup we thought the back pockets were really small yeah like the smaller bodies and um, that's always going to be a worry especially if you have somebody like Davy. yeah she's very hard at the ball us Carlton supporters know that well yeah. <laughs> we benefited from it for a while yeah um, you know, you don't want small bodies going up against that. No. Now, unfortunately, on the night, um, Karen, Har- Karen Harrington, you know, a senior player, a co-captain, really um, you know, didn't, uh, didn't uh, perform um, at a level one expects of, uh, of uh, a senior player, or indeed um, uh, really well enough at all, and uh, it left us a big hole uh, in defence. Also, a weak point was... Our backline wasn't close enough to our to the um Collingwood forwards. I think leading, sorry, leading to um easy goals yeah. like the Malloy goal and the um the Lambert assist. That's an interesting point because I think that was a theme throughout all of our sections. We just did not seem to be manning up, womaning up, whatever yeah. the term is that you want to use for the AFLW. We just did not seem to be on our plates. And I also thought the pies were fitter than us. Yeah. We weren't keeping up to any of the midfielders. Yeah. And given that we have the doggies tonight, yeah. that is a real concern. Real concern, yeah. I mean, we'll discuss what our concerns are with the game for tonight later on, but that is a point to make about our backline last week. Yeah. Um... As we were saying about Kez Harrington, she finished with four disposals, but her first touch was before the halftime siren light. That's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think... She's a skipper. Well, co-skipper. Yeah. You need a little bit more leadership. I saw more leadership coming from the likes of Hill and Wilson than I saw... O'Day. Yeah, O'Day than I saw coming from one of our captains. Yeah. Or, t- to be fair, both of our captains. But at least Loins had moments. Loins had a few moments, yeah. I agree Yeah, with definitely. Her tackles definitely set a pace of for her intensity. Mm. So we've been fairly critical of our back line. Um, but let's discuss the midfield. Ian, if you want to take it away. Certainly. Well, the midfield uh, was a real... Uh, puzzle because uh, in the first half, well certainly particularly the second quarter, it was absolutely spanked 
and there's no other way to describe it. They were second to the ball. They weren't able to pressure the Collingwood midfielders. It was really a very disappointing uh, performance from our midfield, um, uh, in the, particularly the second quarter, but uh, really throughout the first half. Uh, second half, uh, they came out and I thought got well on top, <coughs> got the, the whole team on top. I thought we were the better team throughout the second half and it started um, with the ruts and the, and the other midfielders uh, um, producing um, a, a vastly improved performance. I thought where our performance improved started with, uh, with um, uh, Alison Downey being uh, uh, given the, uh, the, the responsibility in the ruck. I, I was interested to see that uh, Brianne Moody got first crack at it, which is perhaps um, a bit of a changing of the guard. I mean, she took a hit quite early on, which may have been the reason for that change. True. Um, but I thought when Alison Downey um, uh, started taking control in the ruck, that was really the point at which the tide turned and the, the midfield battle generally. And I thought Alison uh, Downey really was excellent in, in the ruck at that critical point when the, 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 the uh, direction of, the, of, the, of the, the game had to be turned around and, and she was, uh, was fundamental. But um, the, the rest of the, the, the midfield um, uh, certainly picked up their game dramatically. Uh, Abby McKay, who had been... Uh, uh, sort of more uh, um, uh, out of the play in the first half was 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 strung into a more um, central role in the midfield, given some more responsibility and some more time hunting the ball uh, at uh, at the source, and really was uh, I thought a revelation um, in that uh, that second half. Um, Elise O'Day, great first game for us, uh, gives us that big body. I mean, Harrington was quoted as saying that having a day around is like having another captain. And you could see that in the way she played. Her intensity. I think there was a quote from commentators in the first quarter um, where some she tackled somebody and the commentators said, if there's one person you do not want to run into on a footy field, it's Elisa Day in a blues jumper. And I will say we definitely saw that throughout the game and I've got a feeling we're going to be seeing that a lot more. And Katie Loins, as as Nathan said earlier, not uh, her best game, but she she stepped up uh, for some important um, involvements. Um, uh, Lauren Brazali, she she was our second most prolific uh, possession win on the night, uh, thirteen possessions for Lauren, and and she certainly provided us with some drive. And of course, um, when we talk about our midfield, um, one really has to 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 uh, pay homage to. Maddie Prosparkus, um, I didn't um, think she had uh, her hottest game by any means, but uh, at the end of the day, 18 possessions when uh, the next best Carlton player was uh, 13. Um, you know, talks about uh, her, her, uh, her um, uh, prolific uh, possession rate. Um, she had uh, you know, a 61% uh, disposal efficiency. She gained over 200 metres. Um, you know, she she certainly uh, contributed uh, heavily. A lot of her possessions um, were contested, um, but uh, you'd have to say she was uh, on the on the night the uh, the, the um, star of the midfield. 
Yeah, and with that, she she got the unplayer of the match that night. She played, even though she had a tag on her in the first half, she played really well. I mean... She, she, yeah, she struggled to get into the game, but... She's Chris Parker, so like, we expect Parker's, that. Yeah. I mean, she didn't struggle that much to get into the game. The first 20, 30 seconds from her were fantastic. Yeah, attack on the footy. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the things Chris Parker brings to our team. Hmm. I mean... Dad, you spoke earlier about um, Downey, was it, going into the ruck? Yeah. yeah. Um, that, for you, that for you, that really changed the game. For me, the moment that changed the game came right before the halftime signal. And it was Prisparkus' attack on Davy. And well, it, I certainly think that, that seemed to, to fire the team up. Yeah. And may well have had a lot to do with this coming out with uh, some more fire in the belly after yeah. half time. Definitely. Also with that, I could tell she was frustrated. Yeah, and I mean, that's something I'm going to discuss a little bit later in a yeah. segment I'm quite excited for. <laughs> but it definitely was a turning point in our intensity. Yeah, even the commentators said they're fired up now. Yeah. And it, like they're completely... And it's not something you want to see. Yeah. It's not something, you know, we don't want players to go out there and punch each other. <laughs> or wrestle on the floor. But it showed she cared so much about this team. Yeah. And it showed she was invested in this team. And that's important. Yeah. And sometimes you need to do that. When your yeah. team's down, sometimes you need to do some things that are a little bit grey in terms of morals. Well, I don't think half half sort of been impressed by that. I mean, that's hard to say, isn't it? Um, Dad, any insight on that? You saw own play? Um... Oh, look, I thought half probably been happy to see the passion. Yeah, you can't. You can't fault the passion. You can fault the action, but definitely not the passion. Yeah. Even Kurt was getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely something. Yeah. Was there any other things you wanted to bring up about the midfield? No, just uh, I thought it was a, a, a game of two halves for our midfield, uh, by and large. And... Uh, Certainly, they uh, they um, let us down badly, uh, uh, particularly in that second quarter. But uh, but uh, they showed their quality after half time and really uh, you know, dragged us back into the game. Yeah, definitely. Well, one we're finished with the midfield, so now it's time for me to head in to discussing the forward line, and I definitely have some comments to make about this one. <coughs> So, I mean, let's jump into the discussion about the forward line because I have some thoughts and I definitely have some feelings about this one. Um, It was not good. It was not good. Anybody that wants to learn how to play footy well, do not watch the forward line. Do not watch their running patterns. Do not watch their structure. Do not take notes unless you're taking notes on what not to do. So, I mean, let's jump into this discussion because... There's, there's some things to be talked about. First and foremost, let's start with our forward entries. It is, it is not good. It is not good at all. I mean, the first issue, obviously, is that we weren't getting it down to our forward line. No. Um, at halftime, or towards the end of the second quarter, I should say, the inside 50s were 19 to 5 in Collingwood's favour. That is not something you want to see, but more concerningly... We had no score on that scoreboard at halftime. And zero disposals in our forward line with five entries. 
how does that happen? That has to come down to two things. Our entry into the forward line and our players' ability to make space to get that ball. I think what really hurt us is that the forwards weren't leading. Yeah, the forwards were just kind of standing there. They were maybe running back to catch the ball. We caught Harris doing that a few times. And then um, Livingston, I think that's her name, just spoiling the ball. Like, yeah. Really easily you, spoiling You're going to get caught every single time if you do not run to attack that ball. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of times where it seemed like our players were a little bit too... Just determined not to move. Flat-footed. Definitely mm, flat-footed. Flat-footed. Um, just little things like watching it and going, okay, will somebody lead out? Even if it's just to take away a player. Yeah, Harris did, late, late in the fourth quarter, Harris did that well to for Jess Hoskin to mark that ball. Yes, but she, it was missing. It was missing, yeah. She didn't do that all night. Like She dragged Livingston out of the contest so that Hoskin could mark the ball. Yeah, and that's the kind of selfless footy you need to see in the forward line. Yeah. but yeah. And you can be critical of the, the midfielders and the way that they keep the ball into the forward line. And... and there's a lot to be said, I think, about uh, about uh, the poor delivery. But at the end of the day, that doesn't stop the forwards from from moving and making options. Um, you know, you're going, you're going to be let down, so be it. But uh, if you don't give the the, the player with the ball um, the option, then you're definitely going to be let down. It comes down to effort. You yeah. can be the worst footballer in history. But if I'm seeing you do that effort, if I'm seeing you make the leads, if I'm seeing you being selfless, if I'm seeing you trying to get people out of a zone to make it an option, yeah. I'm going to give you points for that. A thousand percent I'm going to give you points for that. But you cannot expect to win games of footy if you are not leading. Well, if you're not contesting the football when it's on the ground. They're leaving... The- they left, like, two combo players first to the footy. And, I mean, I said this, we were, that it was going to come up again. We were not manning up. No. Everywhere you looked, there was a Collingwood player. The, four, the fourth line in footy is the first line of defence. There was none of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was no offensive tackling. There was... They just kept running past the player with the football, like... Yeah. I mean, so we've discussed what we haven't liked about the forward line. Hmm. There, there was one quarter that impressed me with our forward line. Yeah. Our third quarter. There just seemed to be a sense of urgency throughout that quarter. I mean, in particular, you look at G's attempt at goal. Yeah. Yes, she didn't score. Or she may have got on a point. She may have gone behind, yeah. Yeah, but she didn't get a major for it. But I'm talking about that moment where she kicked it kind of sideways <coughs> out of desperation. Yeah. That's what you want to see. I don't care if it doesn't go in. Mm. You want to see those moments of, oh, something special is going to happen. Yeah. Even if it doesn't. Because it's all about that energy. And if you can get those moments of excitement and potential, that's going to eventually lead to something. Mm. Yeah. So I am excited to see G's game tonight. Because yeah. I think she's going to thrive in that wet weather kind of football. Mm. She's fast. She's small. She's already close to the ground. <laughs> so she's going to be a lot better to pick up that ball. Mm. So that will be good. And, you know, ta- tackling that quarter as well. 
Yeah, I mean, quarter was excellent with tackling. Yeah, our pressure in our forward 50 was really good. It's it, better. Like, yeah, some but, of our game tackling that we always do is... Yes, our game tackling, and this is again something I'm going to talk a bit about later in my very excitable segment coming up. Um, but our game tackling, particularly that quarter, was very good. Our forward 50 pressure was fantastic. But again, it was the issues with structure yeah. and with leading. Yeah, there was none of that. Yeah, but, you know, it gives them credit where credit is due. Mm. That pressure was incredible. Yeah, it was. And G's game in that forward line, that quarter in particular, was fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, you got to give them credits where you can. A lot more players were getting involved, like, Yeah. A lot more players getting involved. Dad, do you have anything to add to our discussion? I think the, the, the main issue with the forward line was uh, there just seemed to be a lack of, of, of uh, commitment to work hard and, uh, and present. And as you say, the, the, the structure didn't seem to have any real consistency to it. So who do you think that comes down to? Is that the players or is it half it? Well, that, that's a bit tough to tell, isn't it? I mean, uh, I would hope that uh, it was the uh, the players failing to execute what they were instructed. Uh, I'm sure Harper didn't uh, uh, send them out to run around like headless chooks. Or not to run. Or to not <laughs> run at all. Um, so I think it probably comes down to uh, a failure of the players to implement what, uh, what they were being uh, um, instructed to do. But... Uh, whether that comes down to um, a criticism of the, the way in which um, they were coached to try and get that instilled into them, well, it's probably a question for insiders to work out. Also, oh, sorry, you go. No, no, you go. Also, what I've noticed is that Collingwood had a spare in defence. So it's Nick Stevens was on the defender. I don't think you mean fair as such because I mean the rules about positioning stops that from being possible but I I get what you're talking about they were dropping a player back from the contest yeah so they won't get sucked into the into the contest yeah they're there to take the mark and everything like that um one of the things I have seen Harford criticized for throughout the week was his seemingly inability to change the game plan which is something I found he did quite well last season yeah. So that is concerning for me. One of, uh, particularly that Melbourne game late in, last season in where... Northern Territory. In the Northern Territory, where we were not doing that well first quarter. And then the second quarter, then the third and fourth was on fire. Like, yeah, and it came down to those little game plans that half had changed. Yeah. Now, whether it's the players going, no, we're better than this, we don't have to change. Or if it's Harford thinking, oh, no, 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 th- we just need a click, we just need a click. But he did not change that game plan, at least through the first half. I, I feel like he didn't change it at all during that first half. So what do you think changed then, that we were able to get I think the he got into the heads to tap the footy more. Yeah. The forwards especially. So that would be another a change in the game plan. But I think that probably more comes down to those acts of desperation and frustration that we saw. Yeah, and also what I saw, the run from half back to the... Fourth line was pretty good. Yeah. But we need to add, add that more to our game plan. So do you think we're going to struggle tonight then with our inability to run and pick up the ball? 
not too sh- not too sure. Well, I think a lot might turn on the the uh, weather conditions. There's supposed to be uh, biblical levels of rain at some stage during the day uh, or evening, um, and uh, if if that happens, then we're probably going to see a bit more trench warfare type football, which I think might suit us a little bit better than uh, than uh, uh, the Bulldogs, although. Both are fairly young teams. Will it suit us better, though? Because, I mean, we have two players that I rate very highly for that kind of football out. Laura Leafy, mm. of course. I think we mentioned her earlier. She's out with a concussion. Yeah. And the other person we have out which I who I rate very highly for that kind of football is Gut Pound. Mm. Particularly coming out of defence. Um, you look at that Melbourne game last year, her run and carry was... Elite, yeah. Um, you know that worries me. I th- yeah, I think I think we need like someone like Brazali or some speedster like G to run through half back, deliver to a midfielder, then she can bang it, bang it into the four fifty, and hopefully mark it or goal. Yeah, I like Brazali for that kind of role. Yeah, more so than G. I want to keep G working the mid. To the forward, oh, because yeah. she is dangerous in front of goal. And the, She's the kind yeah. of player that will take those moments on rather than second-guessing herself. At least that's how it seems from an outside perspective. Yeah, and she's quick as well. I will say, you know, obviously there is no person that is Eddie Betts. Eddie Betts, yeah. But there is something a little bit Eddie Betts about the way that G picks up the ball and just kicks it towards goal. Mm. She doesn't second-guess herself, she... Backs herself in to get it. Yep. And that reminds me very much of Eddie Betts' level of confidence. And that's exciting. Yep. Especially for a new game like AFLW. Hmm. I agree with that, yeah. Well, I think we've had a pretty up and down discussion about <laughs> the forward lines. So let's move into looking at some players in particular. Okay, so let's discuss who let us down this game. I think we all have a pretty universal feeling on who that is. Yeah. Um, Karen Harrington. It just was not good enough for me personally. She's a talented footballer. (coughs) She really is. You do not become a co-captain without being one. Yeah, she wasn't herself. Like, and neither was Katie Lewis, but she had a bit more of an impact. Yeah. Harrington played a few good tackles. Yeah. I mean, she had four disposals. Yeah, and a goal. Four disposals for a full game of footy. Yeah. And in circumstances where the ball was in her area an awful lot, particularly in that first half. Yeah, she yeah. was nowhere to be seen. Mm. Like, it was either Nat Plain or Brooke Vernon in the, in the defensive 50 and then... Louis and Wilson and, and Mimi Hill at yeah. points. I mean, you know that there's something seriously... Ron, for the back of, for the lack of a better word, yeah. when you can say you saw more from a first gamer than you saw from one of your co-captains. Yeah. That's not a good sign. And, I mean, just to put it into perspectives, she had four disposals last week. Yeah. Last year, her average for disposals was 13.7 per game. Yeah. I mean... That is, that is a drop. And 
Harrington's usually the type of player that intercepts, mark intercepts from kicks from inside 50, like um, Charlotte Wilson I mentioned earlier. Yeah, she's usually very solid. Yeah. I mean, if we were, if you asked me two weeks ago what we'd be saying about Harrington, I would be saying, oh, you know, she was solid, she was good, she was reliable. Yeah. Because that's the image of Harrington I have from last season. Yeah. But that was not the Harrington that was on display against Collingwood. Yeah, she wasn't herself. Right. Yeah, I guess everyone's entitled to a bad game, and I think she certainly had a bad one last week. So hopefully it's an aberration and, uh, and she's back to her inspirational best uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, we need, a better, we need better leadership on field than what she provided. And one thing I will say that is good that comes out of um, last week's game with that was the fact that we did see some people step up. I didn't expect to see Seth step up. I mean, I expected to see Press Parker step up. Yeah. I didn't expect to see Wilson step up as much as she did. Yeah, she was pretty, really good at the first half. Yes, and she was very good when we weren't very good. Yeah. And for me, that is a sign of somebody who is a potential leader. And it's the same with Lola Weefy. Yes. Lava Leafy's game in that first half, her intensity, her drive to get the footy mm. was very good. The same with Abby McKay in the second half. Yeah. I mean, I think I noted down in my notes in a segment I'm going to talk about a bit later. Um, I said that her drive to be in this team mm. was shown in her drive for the footy and her tackles. Yeah. I mean, you know, so... There are some good things that come out from somebody like Harrington having not the best game. Mm. But we still need her to step up. Particularly tonight. It's a game that's going to be very tough for us. Mm. Bulldogs have some good players. They have some very good leadership. Yeah. They've had to. Yeah, of course. I mean, (laughs) they lost Brennan. Yeah. They needed people to step up after that. They lost Conti as well. They lost Brennan, they lost Conti, but you've got Blackburn, too good. Those are two yeah. names that immediately jump out to me yeah. that show leadership through their actions on field. Mm. And we need our coach captain to step up to that and provide that for our team. Mm. So I think all in all, not the best game from <laughs> Harrington. Yeah. But onwards to tonight, hopefully we see better. Mm-hmm. As you said, Dad... Everybody is entitled to have a bad game at least once in their career. And let's hope that that was her bad game for her career. On to the next thing to talk about. Nathan, who surprised you? It's got to be Mimi Hill. It's got to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, she was just superb for a first gamer. Jeez, she was excellent. Is she she was. I mean, also to think that she didn't play any footy last year. Yeah. You know, for somebody that didn't play footy at all last year, she did not lose the touch at all. No, no, definitely not. Dad, what did you think about Phil's game? I thought it was sensational debut. As you say, particularly when she, she effectively had her top age, under age year uh, destroyed by, uh, by um, the uh, pandemic. Um... And it's a big step up from 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 juniors to to uh, AFLW, no doubt about that. Um, and she was stepping up from 
uh, an underage uh, level, a, a bottom age level, uh, effectively, uh, given that, uh, that she didn't get to play significantly last year. Uh, and I think that uh, that uh, just uh, increases the uh, the um, level of difficulty and uh, uh, makes the effort um, just that much more uh, impressive. Um, and I, I agree with you guys. I think that she's probably the, the standout in terms of, of who impressed me, uh, perhaps uh, more than, than I expected. But for uh, a, a note of, of variety, I'd, I'd perhaps uh, throw up the other... The other name which uh, I thought uh, fitted that criteria was uh, was um, Abby McKay. Yes. Very impressed with her last year, but uh, I did not expect her to uh, to to step into the midfield role and and uh, and 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 uh, get the, the team rolling in the second half in the way that she did. Um, I thought uh, she would. Uh, uh, continue to be more of the uh, the outside type of player that she showed last year, uh, but she really uh, stepped up. I thought and was a, a, a huge part of why uh, we uh, we got ourselves uh, back into uh, some level of contention for the second half. Definitely, I mean, I had it down as our biggest improver. Mm. Yeah. Based on the game that we saw, she got a career tackle total. She has a career tackle total of 13. And the amount of tackles she played last week was 7. Mm. When you put that in perspective of all the games she's played, that is fantastic. You know, maybe we'd be wanting to see that higher. But in terms of improvement, yeah, you can't a, ask for much more than that in one game of, yeah, of big footy. Step, big step, yeah. Um, on top of that, she had an equal career high of 10 disposals. And to signify the kind of footy she was playing, those disposals were all handballs. Mm. All handballs. She was really driving that move it, let's go, that sense of urgency that is going to come into play tonight. Yeah, and a few of her handballs were to a play that was open and free to kick into the inside 50 easily. Yeah, she did very well setting up that inside 50... So passage run, run and carry after the handball and, and yeah. kick it yeah definitely um so who was our pick up of the week in your opinion yeah I think McKay as well I mean pick up of the week in terms of our new player that impressed you I know it may feel like McKay's a new player because... Yeah, she didn't really play that many games. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. I don't know if she played any games last year, but she definitely didn't play a large amount. No. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm confident she did play uh, some last year, but it, certainly not a lot of... And uh, certainly nothing that, that uh, gave me the expectation that, uh, that uh, she had the capacity to step up in the way that she did... Uh, last week so hopefully uh, uh, it's a, a, a sign of, uh, of uh, things to come uh, for the rest of the season and for the rest of her career um, but the, the other player who I thought was very impressive as a, as a pick up was, uh, was Elise O'Day yeah. um, she was clearly targeted by the, uh, the recruiters to get that experienced big body 
into our midfield and you can see what she's going to give to us in that regard and uh, she, she was uh, excellent I thought um, particularly once uh, again once the, uh, the the tide started turning um, and and uh, we were getting more into the game I thought that uh, that she uh, she um, showed her, her value and I thought uh, of our, our experienced recruits she was the one that stood out to me I mean, I have it noted in here that her second quarter tackle against Sophie Casey was just pretty good. It was a decent tackle. Um, and I think that shows that she was starting to step up in that second. Yeah. Second quarter. Um, and that's what you need in a big-bodied player like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, she was willing to put her body on the line. I think we're going to be seeing that more and more throughout the year. Oh, yeah. So that makes me rather excited for her. If she could do it at Melbourne, she could do it at Carlson. Definitely. Yes. She has that passion. Yeah. Um, you know, she only had six tackles for the game, which seemed low when I read that statistic. Yeah. But all those tackles were pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, you know, that is a good sign. And to be fair... You're going to go rid of the ball if you see Elisa Day running at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she has that intensity yeah. to create that pressure. And that's what we need, you know. Obviously, I absolutely adore Pound and I absolutely adore G. But based on their size, you're not going to be all that scared when they come running at you. Mm. When you have somebody like O'Day come running at you. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> Definitely, and I'm not saying G isn't capable of it because we've seen that she. Well, she can is, <laughs> She is capable of a decent tackle. That is, that is for sure. Um, but there's something about her day that just feels special with her tackles. Yeah, Dee's not going to put you in in fear of of, of her crunching you, um, and physically harming you. Yes. Uh, if you've got any sense, you might be concerned about her potential to wrap you up in the tackle and win the free, but she's probably not going to scare you in terms of, of, of uh, your physical well-being. And sometimes you want to take that tactical free against you. Mm. You know, sometimes that's what you need. You need your team to have that time to set up. There's nothing wrong with their tactical free. Might be a little bit morally in the grey <laughs> area, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, but you're not going to be taking that chance with her day. Exactly. <laughs> with the hit with um, Sophie Casey. I'm, I was surprised that wasn't a free kick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she didn't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That probably should have been a free, but, you know. Hang on, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And as one of my football coaches once told me, you cannot blame a loss on the umpiring. Mm. If you're good enough, it will not matter. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not true in all cases. But I think in this kind of game, it was. Yeah. So, who was your best players? If you have to give a 3-2-1 vote, who would you guys go with? I think... The, I, I know we mentioned her earlier, but... Lola Weefy surprised me. In mm. the way of her defensive structure. The reason to play well. So, was she best on ground for you? Not... Best on ground, but second or third. I mean, my, my three votes went Prasparkas. 
kill MK. Which might surprise people, but I'm the kind of person that I will I will give a bit of points for um You see the players that get put in the most effort. Yes, and also relatively. You have to look at it in relation to how long they've been playing. You know, those kind of things. So for me, our best players three votes to Prosparcus, two votes to Hill and one vote to McKay. My view, I agree with you, Prosparc is B.O.G. for the Blues. Um, I thought um, uh, uh, Leo for for Leo Leafy. Leo Leafy? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, and I apologise if I am pronouncing it wrong, Um, but Leo Leafy. As as, uh, I thought perhaps our our second best uh, uh, player and... and, um, I thought uh, there was a lot to like about um, Hosking's game as a forward. I thought she was the one forward on the night that um, seemed to make things happen. More so than Harris? More so than Harris. I thought she she presented herself a bit, not as much as I would have liked, um, but uh, really didn't seem to be able to impact the game um, on the night, which uh, will happen from time to time. But I thought... uh, um, I'd uh, I'd um, be inclined to give the the one vote to uh, to uh, I thought um, our most effective forward uh, in uh, in um, the uh, repurposed uh, Hosking. So just to recap, your three votes are three votes to Presparkus, two votes to Lower Leafy, and one vote to Jess Hosking. Is that uh, that's yeah? Correct, uh, with honourable mentions to McKay, who I thought was was was. Uh, was uh, was excellent um, film, particularly as a first year player, um, and uh, and um, for uh, for effort, uh, I thought um, our two rucks um, will probably uh, as a as a tandem um, significantly uh, on top of Collingwood over the course of the whole night. Moody in particular, hmm. she has really surprised me. In a great way. And that makes me excited for what she can bring going forward. Yeah. But watch the game over and her head out to advantage were... Superb. Superb. So my votes... My votes would be um, three votes to Maddie Chris Parkers. Um, Two votes to Lola Weefy. I thought she was excellent in the back line. And then probably one vote to Mimi Hill. Her attack on the football is excellent, like... No fear. No fear at all, yeah. And you can tell she was really enjoying it. There was actually one moment where I noted down that Hill had to run towards the ball. It had bounced, I believe, and she just kind of waited for it to come to her, and it, it didn't. It didn't, yeah. And but, then the Collingwood pressure came, came storming through. Yes. What Anybody who's ever played guilty, played guilty, played footy, is guilty... Of occasionally you're not running the ball when you know you should. So, yeah. you know, that... I don't fault her for that at all. I mean, I definitely felt that. <laughs> Playing footy as well. Yeah. So, that is our best players of the year. And coming up. Of the game, even. And <laughs> coming up <laughs> is the segment that I have been most excited for. It's Lizzie's Hard Knocks of the Week. Phillips now hit hard! In a rib-rattling tackle. And once again, 
The AFLW warrior Katie Loins claims another victim. The bounce will get to Harris, who just collects Maddie Gay with a good strong hit. And Press Parkers claims her. Georgia G lurking to run her down. Perfect tackle. This segment can be dedicated to a player, a playing style, or a moment that showed courageousness, passion, or just downright anger and frustration. This section is all about those bumps, tackles, running into the pack, and fearlessness style of playing footy. You know, I had real trouble choosing between a few players this week. Among the standouts for me were O'Day, Lower Leafy, and, of course, Chris Farkas. Yep. Lower Leafy had some very good moments, but you can't go past putting her body on the line. Ultimately, she paid the plot. Played the Paid the price. Yeah. And got a concussion and she will be very much missed this week and potentially next week depending on what day we get the game. And that took a lot of courage and was very symbolic of the way that she plays. Yeah. But for me, that didn't change the game at all. It should have. It should have been enough for our players to go, look at that. She put her body on the line and she got injured. Why aren't I doing that? Yeah. But it wasn't. And for me, these hard enough moments and these hard enough people are all about changing the game. Mm. So, my choice this week is Press Farkas's tassel with Davey. The act itself was not, not great. It's not something you want to see on a footy field. Well, if you're me, you kind of do. Mm. But it's not... Something morally you want to see on a football field. But I loved it. I loved the anger. I loved the frustration. I loved the passion. And I loved the subtext. This wasn't any player that Prisparkus went after. It's a former boy in Davy. It's a former captain. Yeah, former that captain. That left after we lost a grand final. Yeah. It's somebody that deserted us. And look, I understand why they she did a, it. She got a good deal. She got a very good deal. Mm. Um, so I, I understand why she did it, but you can imagine the hurt there would be real. Yeah. And moments like that, they send a message. We're not somebody you can desert. Mm. We're not something to walk away from. Yeah. We are strong. We are willing to take it up to you. We're willing to be physical. And we are willing to put our bodies on the line. This football is not good enough. And it was ultimately Trespathus standing up. Yeah. And you can see that immediately. The crowd's reaction. I mean, I was sitting in the crowd. So were you, Nathan. Yeah. So were you, Dad. You could feel it. Immediately that switch in energy. And, I mean, if you want to look at things that happened on field right after that, I have trouble distinguishing between Hill and Wilson on field. Um, so it was one of them, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Hill, um, had an intercept spoil almost immediately after. Mm. And that, to me, showed the intensity. It suddenly wasn't, not that Hill really was standing back, but it was that little bit more pressure. Yeah. That little bit more putting your body on the line. This player... Sorry. She really leaned into that spoil. Yeah. You know, she didn't just happen to be standing there and put her hand up. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if you watched um, Rosalie's Portal that ball, but the commentator said that 1%, she's not mentioned in this, but that 1% is to lift up your team. Yeah, so it's so things, very important. So things you can't see on the statistics. Yeah. You can't see Prospartus' tassel on a statistics table. No. But it made an impact. Yeah. You know, it had an effect on the game from there after. That moment was right before halftime. Yeah. And that second half, particularly that third quarter, our intensity was up. And basically the message that Chris Parkus was sending her other teammates was, this is not cool. This game plan's not cool. I want to play better than this. We we're, are better than we're this. We're better than that. Let's lift up the next half, like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, and I hope it's a message they bring into tonight's game. Yeah. So that was my hard enough of the week. Um, and yeah, let's move on. To what was ultimately your feelings about last week's game? We weren't ourselves. Like, no. We didn't, we didn't play to our strengths. So yeah, that, that's a very sta- fair statement. Our players weren't as good as they can be. They're not even as good as they normally are. Mm. And to me, that is very disconcerting. Um, Dad, does that worry you about going further in the season? Does it change the way you look at our realistic goals for this season? Look, I thought it was um, really a bad first half and in particular a really lousy seven or eight minutes in that second quarter. I was in, impressed by our second half. I thought we were the better team for that second half. But, I mean, we didn't score for three quarters unless you count the goal after the siren. Hmm. Yeah, I, I accept that. But I thought what we showed was that we do have the ability to play at a better level and we just simply um, put in a, a shocking ten minutes or so. Um, I think um, we have the, the, the ability to play at uh, a level that's um, at, at and around about as good as anyone in the comp. Um, but uh, we need to, to, to avoid um, being, I think, probably overconfident. I had a feeling maybe that was an element of why we, we, we got jumped early. Um, and we really need to, to knuckle down and, and perform. Um, uh, to the uh, the um, level that we're cap- capable of, but if we do perform um, to the level we're capable of, and I think we showed that level in parts of the second half, then I think we can go a long way this season. Do you think we're still flag contenders? Like genuine, expect us to be in the grand final flag contenders. I think we are genuine flag contenders, but I don't know whether I'd, I'd uh, say expect to be in the grand final. But I think we have the the ability to go deep into the into the season, um, and uh, and um, uh, if we play to our potential, we're uh, we're um, genuinely. Um, Prospect to 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 uh, to make the grand final or maybe even take it out, but um, 
there are a number of teams I think who are at around a similar sort of level um, and uh, it's going to take our best. Yeah, definitely. I think the loss of Dalton is going to affect our chances of making it this season. Yeah, she has the running carry through the mid. She She's an Olympic. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic player for rugby sevens, I think it is. She's yes. at Olympic level with her athleticism. Yeah. That is a loss. Yeah. And um, to put it mildly, that mildly, that is a loss. Mm. Oh, I hope she's doing well. Yeah, I mean, best thoughts and everything out to Dalton, and I'm sure she will do well. And let's hope she's back next season. Yes. We desperately need her back. Yeah. Um, I will say that we have a tendency to maybe not start out the season all that well. Yeah, like the first round is... First round we usually go really scrappy and then maybe start... Like the second half of round two we pick it up. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair statement. We have something that I think is important to have in a team that is a genuine finals contender. Mm. We see it in Richmond in particular. We saw it in the Doggies the year that they won their grand yeah. final. Of course, I'm talking about the men's. We saw it in the Eagles as well. Yeah. Oh, men's as well. Oh, um, and we saw it in our own team. Yeah. In the Carlton women's um, 2019. Eight, I think it's 18. The year we went, we matched Adelaide. 18. 18. 18, 2018. We started that year. We just had <coughs> this run of, you know, like, we weren't doing that well. And a lot of people did not back us into a win against Freo. True. A lot of people. Fremantle was better. We're, we're a good team that year. I think even you, Dad had said to me not to expect a win against Frio. No, I thought uh, on, on the surprise form up to that, we were uh, you know, definitely not the favourites there, but we, we turned it on, and I think uh, um, we're an improved team. I think the whole competition, of course, is improving, and that's one of the great difficulties in trying to forecast um, how the season's going to pan out. Um, it's easy to look at how much we've improved, um, albeit that we've, we've suffered some... some downs as well just to bring it back to what i was trying to say comparing us to the richmond men's we have that ability to time that run that's what you need you need the momentum going into the finals yeah you need the momentum going into the grand final if we're going to make it that far well richmond last year had a few crappy rounds and then the men's the men's i'm sorry yeah the men's i'm talking about they had a few scrappy rounds and then Second half of the season, it's only, like, third or second. Yeah, and, it was. and that is why I'm not overly worried about the performance we put in against Collingwood. It hurts. It's yeah. always going to hurt losing against Collingwood. Let's, let's be real about that. Um, even, them again. even you, Nathan, <laughs> it pains me to say you're not a true blue. I'm not a true blue. Uh, do you want to... I'm a bomber supporter, but slowly... But surely converting into a boy supporter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens when you hang around such good, good Carlton supporters as us, Dad. They slowly convert you. Um, 
and even you as somebody who isn't a true blue, can you see that potential? Yeah, I think I can. Interesting. But it, often on the field, I can definitely see it. Interesting, very good. Um, so, ultimately, it was a game that let us down. But I know we can do better. Well, I think the players know they can do better. Oh, yeah. I think they'll, they'll look back at it and say... Harford was... looked like he was... look happy. <laughs> when he walked off that ground, it looked like he was somewhere between wanting to punch a wall and wanting to break into tears. Yeah. And I think that is... That shows that he knows what we can, what that team can do. Yeah. What we as a club can do. But we're going to need our supporters to get behind them. A hundred percent. Just because we have one bad week, that doesn't mean we don't show up tonight. And that is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, in saying that, if we have a bad week this week, I will start to become quite concerned about where we're going this season. Yeah. So, we've brought it up multiple times throughout this podcast, but tonight we take on the doggies at Widden Oval. Mm-hmm. It is, of course, the inaugural Pride Round, something that is not new to us Carlton and doggy supporters. Of course, Pride games are something important. Mm. The representation it provides is important, and the inclusivity it provides is important. But... I think that's something we can all agree on. And let's just move on to talking about the game. It is a match of footy and it's an important one for us. So do you want to take us away, Dad? Okay, well, tonight's going to be a very uh, telling game, I think. We're seeing two teams that are coming off losses in the first week. Um, And um, to start uh, an AFLW season... uh, with consecutive losses is, is very hard to, to overcome. So there'll be two desperate teams uh, out there this week, no doubt about that. Um, both teams are quite young. Uh, the Doggies um, seem to have uh, embraced a rebuild uh, over the off-season and uh, uh, the Carlton list is actually the youngest list overall in the, uh, in the competition. Um, but in saying that, in in terms of who we actually have playing tonight, we're not that young. No. Exactly. We have exactly. Egan out. Um, that's the one that comes straight to my mind. Um, Lola Leafy's not that young. Lola Leafy's not that young, I, I think believe. she's about 27. Yeah, she's not that young, but Egan's a big out for us. Especially in a game where we need players that can just run and run. Um, McAvoy as well. Yeah. Massive out for this kind of game. I think the players that are going to be important um, this week, if the weather is uh, as wild, uh, wet and windy as they say, are going to be the ground level players. And probably both uh, both the um, ground level players whose strength is their physical um, combativeness because uh, in wet weather you quite often find that uh, it becomes a, a, a version of trench warfare but and also um, the, uh, the, the the players with uh, with slick ground level skills who can execute in the conditions um, 
are going to be worth their weight in gold as well. Now, I think uh, there are some very fine exponents uh, uh, of the skill game in the uh, in the doggies lineup. Um, uh, Ali Blackburn um, has long been one of my very favourite uh, AFLW players, and indeed uh, women players even before uh, uh, the AFLW uh, came along. I was um, going to bring this up. Please continue. <laughs> uh, no, you can you can take it from there. I don't remember my running with Blackburn. So. Well, you know, you you managed to to trail around behind her <laughs> as a. A twelve-year-old in an under-eighteens game. Uh, <coughs> shall we say to no effect? I I, I will say yeah. this. Um, I've never seen someone dominate a game of football any better than Ali Blackburn did that uh, underage match, and it was all your fault. Well, maybe not. Oh, but, uh, clearly all uh, my fault. I mean, my twelve-year-old legs should have run faster, and <laughs> I should have just, you know, hit a little bit harder. Absolutely. Uh, all your fault, but uh, uh, she she's a fantastic player. There's no doubt about that. Um, Particularly and, uh, for this kind of weather, I feel like. And this sort of these sort of conditions will suit her down to the ground, um, no doubt about that. Uh, but I think um, we're also well uh, well uh, provided for in terms of players that the conditions will suit, um, from the big bodied um, O'Day through to the. Um, uh, silvery skilled uh, outside runners, uh, Rosali and uh, and uh, G, for example. I also think Mimi Hill could probably play a, quite a good game tonight. I'm excited to see, particularly coming straight out of the underage ranks. Mm. You know, that season is played in winter. Yeah, it's not uncommon to play. Maybe not quite as. Ferocious as tonight's weather tends or intends to be, but you know it's not unusual to play in the rain, so I'm excited to see what she can bring to that table. Yeah, well, I think some of the players I think will dominate in the wet will probably be um like Ian said G. Paul, I don't know about Chris. Chris Parkes. I haven't seen her play in the wet before. I think she'll be good for hitting, but I yeah. don't know how her pick-up of the ball is going to be in the wet. Um, I think Katie Lawrence will be good in the wet. Yes. Um, but you need those kind of players because when it's wet, it definitely feels ten times harder when you get on that floor. Yeah. <laughs> the hits just hit a little bit harder in the rain. Yeah. Um, and players like Lawrence, hmm. they're going to get straight back up from that. Yeah, and so it's the same with Harris. Yes. She's a hard hitter, and... Yeah. Yeah, definitely a hard hitter. I don't know how Harris will go, necessarily, because a lot of her game, for better or for worse, is surrounded by her ability to mark in the air. Yeah. And that is not something that goes well in wet weather. And that's a strong point in her games. Exactly. You know, there's not going to be a lot of flying into packs tonight... Coming yeah. around the, over the top, taking that specky, taking that good mark in the air. It's going to slip through your fingers. Now, what we need from her uh, aerially tonight, I think, will be to hit the, the, the contest hard and split it open and, and create the opportunities for others because the, the chances of, of, of taking 
a significant number of marks uh, if the weather is uh, as uh, as expected uh, are, are very slim. And the other thing that uh, that I think Harris can can do, and it's a matter for her to to um, I think get the mindset um, to 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 be physical, but splitting packs not only in the air but on the ground as well, being that sort of powerful bulldozer type uh, player that uh, that creates space and opportunities for others, that makes the opposition um, uh, look twice, that uh, that um, takes the opposition out of the run of the ball, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think uh, she has, has the, the ability to do it um, if she puts her mind to it. Now, it's, it's often said wet weather football drags the school level down and makes it uh, more of a chance for, for perhaps the, the, the uh, lesser skilled team to um, win the day. And whilst I accept that in wet weather football, the physical basics of straight lining the ball, putting your body on the line, being prepared to be crunched, all those things become very important. I'm also a believer that at the end of the day, um, wet weather football often actually helps the, the, the team that has more skill because if you're skilled enough, you can handle the wet ball. Uh, and a lesser skilled team may fumble the ball a lot more than, than a really well-skilled team. And uh, I think that, uh, that uh, we have the sort of players um, that if they play to their potential can be skillful in hard, harsh conditions. Um, and I think we have the sort of players who also provide the physicality, um, have the ability to provide the physicality at any rate. And uh, if we come with the right mindset, I think um, we're, uh, we're uh, probably um, going to be uh, capable of, of overcoming the doggies uh, um, in, uh, in those sorts of conditions. So what kind of style of game would you like to see us play? I, I have some ideas. I want to see a Brazali style run and carry from the back. Mm. I don't want to see this style of play where we mark it in our back line, kick it, mark it, kick, kick it. it That's it, not yeah. going to work. No, you, you need that run. Wet weather games generally become a battle of territory. Getting it forward, getting it more your side of, of, of the, the ground than the opposition's because um, you know, hitting up uh, teammates reliably, um, them being able to take the mark in the, in, the, in the difficult conditions, your kicks aren't going to be as, as, uh, as precise as they will be in better conditions. Um, the ability to hang on to the mark is, is, uh, is obviously harder in adverse conditions. So it becomes, um, I think, a, a game where you, you want to try and simplify your game style, make it more direct, um, run with the ball where you can. Uh, you won't be able to, to perhaps run as, as swiftly as, uh, as you would in dry weather, but if you're running with the ball um, and you, you run 10 metres, um, you're going to gain 10 metres. If you try to kick the ball 15 metres with a clever little chip to, to set up a teammate, you're asking for the, for the skill execution both on the distribution and on the receipt to be executed at a high level in very difficult conditions and 
it will tend to go awry. Wet weather football, in my view, is keep it simple, stupid football. Interesting. I, I expect to say a lot of... Maybe Ronan Curry was the wrong way to explain it, but a lot of pick up the ball, run, handball, get it handballed back, run, handball, run, handball, 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 handball. <laughs> um, I expect to see that a lot tonight, and I expect to see Mikhail really shine in that role. Mm. We mentioned it earlier last week. All of her disposals were handballs. Yeah. And I really expect to see that tonight. And I expect her to step up again. And right. I think... Sorry, yeah? Well, I think it's important that, that if we're, we're doing that, we're, we're not uh, trying to be um, too ambitious with the, the, our ability to hit targets with absolute precision. Yes. In difficult conditions, you want to take the, the option with a bit of room for um, uh, you know, so, so, some, uh, the, the kick to be perhaps not quite as precise as, as you would expect it to be in good conditions, um, the hands not to be quite as clean as you'd expect to be in good conditions. So it's one, one thing to say handball, 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 but I think it's got to be um, handball with, with, with some, some margin for, for uh, error rather than trying to be super slick. Yes, I think it's handball and packs. Is going to be the key. But the the problem, of course, with wet weather footy is you can't bounce the ball. Mm. You know, so it's all well and good for us to sit here and say we want to see that run. But it, against a team like the Doggies, you cannot afford to bend down and touch that. Yeah, the Bulldogs are a physical team. They're going to get you every time. Well, so, so are the police. They're a physical team as well. Yeah. I hope the Bulldogs try that out tonight. <laughs> I hope I have some good nominations for hard enoughs of the week next week. Yeah, let's crush someone. <laughs> um, maybe not crush them. That's a bit too aggressive. Well, well, let's go in hard and fair. <laughs> yeah. Cop a few hits. Give a few hits early. Mm. And keep that intensity up. I reckon the more hits, the more tired the doggies will get. Yeah, um, we've got to keep up with the Bulldogs. You mentioned earlier we didn't seem very fit last week. No, the pies just ran out for us. That is concerning. Um, if For the people that watched the St Kilda game, the Bulldogs St Kilda game last week, Yeah. the doggies running into their forward line. Mm. That is going to be a worry this week. Definitely. Um, of course, the wet weather is going to slow them down, but it's also going to slow us down. Mm. So we need to be be able to keep that up. I think rotations are going to be important. Mm-hmm. We need players to rotate through the middle and really bring it to them in the, in terms of their physicality and their running. Um, I want to see our forward 50 entries. I either want to see us settle right down and think about our entries or to just go. I don't want to see an in-between because I think that's where we're going to get caught. Um... Your thoughts on that, Dan? I think that, uh, that um, in the likely conditions, we just need to get the ball um, forward um, and as, as uh, far and as fast as we can and let the, the, uh, the, the, the players uh, battle for it in our forward line rather than midfield or defence. Yes, and I think G's going to be very good for that. And G's going to be very good to get it into our forward line fast. I think she's playing midfield tonight. Yes, I believe that is where she is 
names in the lineup, which and brings us rover position. I think, is my understanding, but certainly midfield somewhere. Well, that brings us to talking about the changes in our lineup. I know Nathan, you had some thoughts about this. Uh, we go into tonight's game with only one change, and it's a force change. Yeah. Uh, lovely if he's out concussion. We've mentioned that. Yeah. Um, in is Jess Edwards. First, let's deal with the fact that Jess Edwards is an in for Lower Leafy. Lower Leafy. Sorry if I butcher that name a few times. What I like about this is that Edwards, on average, has more tackles than Lower Leafy. <coughs> and less disposals. And I think that might help us tonight. I think we can all agree Edwards was left off last week's team for a reason. But I think given to tonight's given tonight's game, I'm not too upset that we have her in. Because I don't think skills are gonna matter that much. We need somebody who is desperate to get the ball. And if you've been left off a team, you are desperate to make an impact. Yeah. And we need that desperation tonight. Well I think Jess Edwards after being dropped <coughs> on the team last week. Well, yeah, last week, I think she'll step up. Definitely step up. The one thing I am worried about is that Edwards is slower than Lower Leafy. Yeah. That is a concern, particularly in wet weather, and particularly against the docks. Mm. So I'm not sure if they're a direct swap out, but a direct swap out is not what we needed for tonight. Mm. So let's give Edwards the chance to really step up and prove that she deserves to be in this team. Um, But... You had some thoughts on the fact that there was only one change. I thought players that didn't really perform well with, like, four disposals or less, in my opinion, deserve to be dropped. That That's a bit cool because that includes yeah, no. Harrington. That includes Harrington, yes. I think we've seen that sometimes dropping a player you wouldn't expect to drop helps. Yeah. Well, this is... I'm talking about the men's here, the... GW was some dropped Coniglio and then they performed heaps better. Yeah, it shakens the team, doesn't it? Yeah. It shows people they've really got to fight for their spot. Um, in saying that, I think I wish this work where the game was next week. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you can't really gouge a very good level of somebody's ability in the wet. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's going to be hard to judge her off of that. Um, and I don't think, I think she deserved two weeks to see how her skills were. Mm. Is there anyone else you were disappointed that was that weren't dropped? Not, not really. I thought Vessio didn't have really a big impact in the forward line. But in saying that, the ball didn't really get down there for yeah, much of the game. Well, true, yeah. And I will say, she was one of the few people in the forward line I saw running. Yeah. yeah. Which impressed me and will be helpful tonight. Well, I think the other thing to remember is um, we are talking about a couple of players in the ones that you mentioned who have some brownie points for, for, for um, their... their uh, performances over the years and uh, and um, uh, I think people are allowed to have a bad game um, in terms of, of not making more changes the other question is uh, 
with uh, a few injuries um, to deal with. Um, whether we had that much in reserve to really look at bringing up, um, particularly given the, the anticipated wet weather, which probably calls for mature bodies and, and, uh, and uh, more experienced players rather than than, than lighter-bodied uh, kids. And you also don't want to be risking somebody in a wet weather game. If somebody's on that, should they play, shouldn't they play, they're right off an injury, don't. Yeah. Don't risk them in a wet weather game. If they're coming off from a, like a week off with a, let's say, ankle injury or a sprain or something like that. Yep, foot injury, um, walker, I believe. Yeah. You know, you don't want to risk that in a wet weather game. No. Like, in a wet weather game, there's a more chance they'll injure it again. So what are your thoughts about tonight? What's going to happen? Who's going to win? Who's going to be the standouts? What are your thoughts, Nathan? Well, I think we're going to win. You're backing us in? Mm-hmm. Dad? Yeah, I think we should uh, we should uh, overpower them and, uh, and manage to uh, win in what will be a tight and hard and fiercely contested game. I've got a feeling it's going to come down to a goal or less. Yeah. And then it's going to come down to at least the final minute. I, um, I'm backing in G for a quick snap <laughs> in the final minute or so to win us the game. That's my prediction. Who do you think is going to be our standouts? Uh, Chris Farkas, of course. Yeah, that, that's a given. I think any, day, any game we expect to <laughs> yeah. stand out. Um, Taylor Harris for the leading goal kicker. You're going to call that? Yeah. Um, yeah. With Spark out for the Bulldogs. I think she has an advantage. Potentially so, yes. Um, a few other players I think will play well. Mimi Hill and... I have a feeling about McKay. Mm. She'll prevail from last week. She had a good game last week. I think her confidence is there at the moment. Mm. And that's important. Dad, who do you think is going to stand out? Well, I think our standout players are likely to be our, our ground-level players, both the uh, the more mobile and the stronger-body types. I'm thinking particularly um, O'Day. I think uh, the conditions will suit her. And hopefully uh, some of our uh, uh, fleet-of-footed players uh, like McKay and uh, and uh, Brazali and uh, G will be able to uh, get uh, moving in the, in the wet conditions and... Uh, and uh, have a big influence as well. Yes, I, I'm backing in Loinsy to have a good game. I don't know why, I just think she might be able to <coughs> get a few good hits in, <coughs> rattle a few ribs, as they say, um, lay some good tackles. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see her and O'Day work together. Yeah. I well, think she, she didn't have a great game <laughs> last week, but she, she's a very proud warrior and... Uh, I don't think she, she puts a couple of bad ones together too often. Um, the conditions, I think, will suit her. And I'm a great believer that uh, in wet weather footy, um, a lot of it comes down to who wants it most, who has the stronger will for the contest. And uh, Katie Williams has uh, always been uh, elite in that, uh, that uh, aspect of the game. So uh, I think the conditions will suit her uh, and hopefully last week's um, uh, middling performance um, 
will be shown to be an aberration. Indeed. Um, now, quickly before we go, I just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to the Foundgate Football Club. Um, if anybody listening is interested in playing football really at any level, they don't have a senior men's team, but they are adding a senior women's team this year. So if any of you listening, if anybody is listening and you're interested, um, give them a quick Google search. <laughs> have a look at them. They're very dedicated to building a strong culture around the women's team. They want something that's going to go forward in the future. Um, and, you know, I can say from personal experience, they're a good club. They've got very good values. And the people there are incredibly nice. So if you're looking for a supportive club, check out Gate Football Club. And to wrap up our podcast, see you tonight. And go Blues. Go Blues!